I brought the family-sized bag of salt and vinegar chips for this one. Welcome back. Let's go. What's, <laughs> What's going on? How's it going? Welcome back to uh, another lovely episode of the White Rabbit Podcast. I am your host, Freeman Actual, or Household Six. Let's go. Tea's a little lukewarm today and a little off flavor. I don't know what's going on with this flavor. There is zero taste in this. I don't know if I put too much, uh, too much creamer in this. I don't know. It goes against the grain of what I'm talking about. It's, it's kind of kind of insane right now. But it's okay. Still one of my favorite ones, okay? We're talking about Black Canada tea has been the bee's knees right now. But I've got the Duke of Grey going. Uh, shouts out a couple things. First, first and foremost, I want to give a big, huge shout out to my father's house. Uh, located on Heinerberg Church. Hours are uh, 11 and 10 for Catholic service and Protestant service. Come on by, get some love, come be loved on. You know where to find us. Uh, another one, Chris Emily and Emily, Chris and Melissa Stevenson at the Wiesbaden Hospitality Ministry. Big shout out to those guys. They have a, a weekly Friday uh, worship at the Summit House, and then they have uh, a local one at the Clay Chapel on the first Friday of the month. Come check them guys out. Great atmosphere, great orientation, you know, very friendly, friendly people. I keep saying it. Check them out. And check them out on uh, Facebook.com at the Stevenson Mission. Go check them out and see what's going on. With all of that good stuff. Uh, oh, also, prayer requests, prayer requests, prayer requests. Please send them things up to chase him podcast at gmail.com. That is chase him podcast at gmail.com. And with that lovely intro, let us pray. God, I thank you for your fatherly love for giving me the opportunity to reconnect with another one of your sons. I pray that you provide favor over the Blackburn home for many generations. I pray that you keep Brent closer and closer to you, God. Continue refining the great man, husband, father, and friend, Lord. I pray that you continue to use Brent and his family for the mission and glory of the kingdom. God, I pray that you strengthen friendships. I pray that you bring new Christian friends into our lives while reconnecting us with the ones we haven't heard from in a while. Lastly, Father, I ask that you let the Spirit be with us as we listen in hopes of taking something away that will bring us closer to you and the advancement of the mission. In your glorious name, amen. Let's get right into it. This isn't really per se an interview. I have questions, but I'm catching up with a good friend of mine. And in the same time, I'm showcasing what to me, a good Christian strong man looks like, and, and me just giving thanks for having him in my life and spending some time with him. So without further ado, Brent Blackburn, enjoy. 
Hey, welcome to another episode of the White Rabbit Podcast. I am your host. Uh, I have a, a good buddy of mine. Mm. We go way back to our Curry days, uh, Mr. Brent Blackburn. Right. How are you, friend? Doing well and yourself. Uh, so far, so good. I can't complain, man. It's uh, It's been hectic here in Germany, but uh, we're trying to make do. Um, the wife recently had an injury, so we just got in from surgery Ooh. with that. And uh, yeah, man, I made a mistake. The the doctor was kind of uh, not so nice, and mm. then I retaliated. I responded in kind. He told me it was supposed to be like an hour and a half surgery, and uh, three and a half hours later, what? I'm sitting in the back room waiting for him to call me, and he goes, he just goes, Freeman, and I'm like, right here. He goes, Let's go. <laughs> so, I had words, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. At least he knew. I'm sorry, dude. He knew what was up? Nah, bro. Check it out. No, he didn't know what's up. Like, when we got got to walking, we were talking as we walked, and I was like, hey, listen, you don't talk to him like that. And then he kind of stopped. He stopped and started doing the, like, the the Megatron shoulder rolling. Like a bear. And, like, standing up bear. his neck. Arching his back. I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Okay. This is the energy I just brought upon me. I got to fix this now because uh, he was all of five foot six. Ooh, solid. And uh, 95 pounds wet. Oh, yeah, solid. Solid. But, uh, but anyway, man, why don't you give everyone just a little quick uh, background of just who you are and where you're from? Um, Brent Blackburn. I live in Oklahoma. Uh, my wife and I have lived here ever since we got out of the army, which was however many years ago, about 10, 11. And, uh, we have two, has it been 10 years? I think years? so. Because we've been married, we've been Jeez. married almost 11 and we got married right when I got back from deployment, like the day after we got back from deployment or my chalk got back, uh, we got married. Cause I, I didn't want to, first of all, I wanted to get the, heck out of the barracks and I wanted to start and you loved your wife and I love my wife and I didn't want to live together <laughs> it was a uh, live together and not be married because it was kind of a right a sensitive topic with her family even the fact that she was there and uh yeah no I mean I get it I had to take charge and make some executive decisions just made it happen so they had to deal with that <laughs> look at you hey when's your anniversary by the way August 12th Bro, we're me and Ray are coming up on um, twelve. Dang, yeah. See, I remember. Yeah, dude. Your yeah, we're the same. Yeah, it's the same time frame. Yeah, I just remember. Uh, was it Kellner or somebody just wrecked shop at your wedding? Somebody was breaking tables or oh my god, oh. it's a rough. Yeah, rough that go. was crazy. That was <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, you're. You remember um. <laughs> you remember Rouch? Oh yeah. My so my no 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 not not that guy. My so he was the PA attached to um um Cops Rook from Edo First. Okay, yeah, yeah. Tall tall linky guy. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was he was giving it up. Um there was another PA who was like totally hitting on 
Ray's mom, which was hilarious. That is funny. But uh, <laughs> so all right, so you came in the army when? Uh, two thousand and eight. Okay, so eight. So you're clearly way past the time frame that, uh, you know, the towers fall. Yes. Yeah. So what? what? Yeah, walk me through that. So, so what made you come in knowing full well that America was at war? So fighting two battlefronts. That's a good question. I, I've always wanted to be in the military or do something like that. Mainly the the overall challenge is what really interested me. But um, mm-hmm. even when I was like. 10 or 11, my buddy and I were making our own ghillie suits and we would scare people on the golf course and we had baseball fields behind our house and we would like, <laughs> we'd set up trip wires cause the kids that weren't playing baseball would come and play in the woods. So we'd always like see how close we could get to them, set up trip wires and really hurt some kids a couple of times, but we would collect baseballs and like during play, we would start throwing baseballs in the outfield. And we would just totally screw up the game. They would they had to like time games multiple times. Cops called on us. But anyway, so I knew I always wanted so to be full blown psyops. <laughs> yeah, it was man. It was bad. There, this was before <laughs> YouTube and stuff. So that's awesome. Before you know anything major happened, if it would have happened today, I mean, we totally would have got shot at or something. Because I'm talking, we would like. Get, there was a creek that ran along the baseball fields. We would like get in the creek to have to cross where people couldn't see us. So we'd be like swimming in the creek where they couldn't see us. And then we'd pop up on the other side. And anyway, it was a lot of fun. But I, I just always oh, enjoyed full blown like that's awesome. You had a full blown infill, exfill, yeah. like spot to go in and not be. Oh, that was oh yeah, shit. we had we had plans and uh, we had a. Uh, we had like little trails, certain trails we would run on, and then certain trails that would have trip wires on them. So if we ever got chased, it was it was a good time, man. We look at you, yeah. okay, okay. And there was a golf That's course, legit. golf course right next to us, actually, and it had this ginormous drainage, uh, I don't know, tunnel basically. And we called it the Mines of Moria. Right. So you could like go through this thing <laughs> and you could you could cross like maybe two holes underground and then pop out on the other side. So we were heckling golfers. I mean, it was really good time, man. They nobody could find us. I mean, you go inside of a tunnel, who's gonna chase you in a tunnel? Nobody. Yeah, you just you just spoke elders for enter, and that was <laughs> yeah. it. Melon. That's it. <laughs> but anyway that's so awesome cool man yeah i had a good a good outdoorsy childhood i mean i played a ton of video games but that was kind of like our routine is to be outside so i just i enjoyed ghillie suits i enjoyed all that kind of stuff and then my sister started dating a guy he signed up after the day after 9 11 and he was in um scouts uh surprisingly which we'll i'll come back to but he was in scouts and he was uh in sniper section and so it had always interested me. And he was like, I mean, he was pretty messed up, man. It was rough. He was an initial deployment of, you know, Iraq, obviously. And he went over to Afghanistan initially. So it was the Wild West for him. Yep. And so anyway, yep. he ended up being my recruiter. And so him and I would talk. We worked out all the time. And the night I decided to uh, join the military, 
we were at a gym. It was like midnight on a Friday and I just got done watching Band of Brothers for like the 50th time. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go in the army. Cause he, he was telling me like contracts that were available. Cause the bonuses were pretty thick back then. And right. I was like, I want a combat medic slot. And I was like, I don't care if I get any schools. Cause I was wanting to go to airborne school. I was like, I just, you know, I want to go in and I was hoping I'd get, you know, on an infantry section. So anyway, it worked out and surprisingly, you know, it's crazy. My brother-in-law was my recruiter. And then my stepdad now, he actually was in, he was in, um, I mean, he was a straight up pogue, but he was a like armored uh, mechanic. He did a lot of tank stuff, so he retired right. out of there. But yeah, I always knew right. I wanted to join, excuse me, join. And it was just something I always wanted to. Really, it was the challenge. Like, do I have what it takes? That's what really made me want to join. So, Right. It's just, I, I, I feel like there's just, I mean... I, just hearing that story so far, man, that is, that's such a blessing that like God was able to, he was able to give you exactly what you wanted. Exactly, man. And the fact that you were watching Banner Brothers, he put you exactly where you wanted to go. It, it, exactly. I just find that serendipitous. I just remember watching, it was the Bastogne uh, series and uh, the medic was just, right. I'm like, this guy's a freaking beast, man. And, uh, you know, I watched that and it was just something in my heart. Cause you know, I was, everybody was like, I want to be a sniper. Everybody wants to be a sniper and everybody says they're a sniper. Of and of, of course, of course. So I saw the medic thing and I was like, you know what, that dude, it takes a little bit, something more for him. So I feel like that would be, you know, I, I knew I was relatively calm in uh crazy situations. You know, we had been in a, a few situations where I was like, I, I felt comfortable and, uh, you know, I saw that it just changed in my heart. And I was like, this is, that's what I want to do. And that's, what's crazy is not only was my brother-in-law, my recruiter, he actually was in, uh, the same unit I was, and he was at, um, OE. He was a scout in OE, which is where obviously oh, wow. I was. So it like came back full circle, which is pretty crazy. So yeah, man, that's, that is crazy. Is crazy. I, I knew none of this. I knew none of this. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane, man. So, God's, God's amazing. So just at as a Christian, how was your entire uh, military experience just from um, – let's just go from <laughs> just, just the whole process of you going to boot camp and then you coming to, the, to, you know, to uh, 2506 and then your exodus. Um, Walk me through that. So basic, I was like – I was ready to go. I did the quick ship or whatever it was called. And I had been pretty, right, pretty yep, good yep. Sh in shape up to that point. My parents were just kind of recently divorced somewhat. Um, my mom and I moved in our uh, old house. So it was just her and I, and I'm like, man, if I just sit here at home, this isn't for me. Like I, I have to be doing something. So anyway, I joined and I didn't tell her until like a couple days before I left for basic. And because she was, you know, super worrisome, um, basic was like, I, I thought basic was a lot of fun. Um, the worst part for me was the winter because I went to Fort Knox and I was in Fort Knox in the wintertime. It gets pretty cold. Well, hold on, hold on. You were in Fort Knox. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, listen, listen, no, 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 no. 
So when I did that that blue to green program, uh-huh. and they because you know I went from I went from Navy as a cryptologist yeah. to, to 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 Army, and then so my first year <clears throat> they had to try one program. So I was I was infantry, and the first uh, blue to green program that they ever had was at Fort Knox. That's and cool. The White Sands National Guardsmen were there. Uh, so I end up going up, you know, agony, heartbreak, and misery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. Like the physical aspect, um, you know, the way my body is, I'm smaller framed. I'm more for endurance rather than speed or strength, obviously. But I could do endurance, and so I felt right, pretty for sure, pretty okay there uh, physically. But the winter was probably the worst part of that whole ordeal. Um, so I, I felt pretty good and oh, basic yeah. and, you know, it was, you know, I was coming right out of high school. So it was like, Oh, this is a whole new world and I'm just living life. And then AIT was pretty freaking boring um, because at that point I didn't, I, I didn't drink. Um, I don't even think I really right. had a bad mouth or anything at that point. So I tried to just really stay to myself right. because um, you know, everybody parties pretty heavily in AIT and I didn't want to be, what? I just didn't want to get in what? trouble. <laughs> and, uh, and I was only I understand. 19, you know? <laughs> so, and, oh yeah, you're not doing nothing anyway. Yeah. 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 And so AIT was pretty well. Now, when you go to your unit, that's a little bit different ball game. Things start to get a little bit more real because you don't have a you don't have a time slot anymore. You know, it's like, all right, I'm at AIT for 16 weeks or however long it is. All I have to do is make mm-hmm. it to the end. Well, when you get to your unit, you're like, this is my life. So uh, I got orders for <laughs> I like for Campbell. And uh, in processing was, you know, easy and all that stuff. And then I, I remember going to 2506. And I think Kirby was the first oh, person that I ran hold into. On, hold on, hold on. One second. So when you find out you're going to Fort Campbell, and then when you find out you're going to go to 2506, what was your thought process knowing full yeah. well? Like walk me through like the like the the previous part where you said that you wanted to do, you know, you wanted to go to probably a sniper section or, or like a scout recon section. Mm-hmm. And then you finding out like you watching Banner Brothers and then you finding out slowly but surely like God lifting that veil. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, this is what you want. Yeah, you got it. This is what you want. Yeah, you got it. So it. What were you thinking when you saw that? It didn't dawn on me because you're so new to the army, you don't know how things work or anything like that. When you're going from okay. in processing to your actual unit, so the buddy that I was friends with was right. actually going to 160th, and we both were waiting for our oh. our cadre to come and pick us up or whatever. And I remember the 160th guy showed up and just started jacking him up from the get-go and so i was like oh lord like this is i thought basic was over i didn't know it was gonna be this life and uh (laughs) so i think it was i don't know if it was you or no it was sergeant heron and can we say names and stuff on here is that okay yeah go for it i mean so sorry heron came and picked me up and so uh we went back and i didn't realize honestly where I was really going or even the history, I didn't connect it um, until okay. I started, you know, kind of in the unit. Cause you're just, you're so new. You don't know which way's up. You don't know like, where do I sleep? How does this work? Um, so I'd say yeah, probably until about 
two weeks after, um, you know, when I was getting scuffed up for, you know, just over history of the unit or whatever the case that it kind of dawned on me. And, uh, I think honestly, the time it dawned on me, um, big H took me, um, bay to bay and made me wrestle like two people in each bay. So we just went down that, you know, the hallway Yeah, and I did okay. I did okay for, I think I won the first three and then we went to like, I think I made it, I think I made it to C. I made it to Charlie company. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, the dude, I, they, nobody tells me obviously, cause I was just wrestling other privates at that point. And me and Martin would, would scuff for right. a while whenever he first got there and he, Oh he, yeah. Officer Martin, yeah, your friendly neighborhood cop. Uh, he, uh, that's it. Him and I would scuff for a while and he wrestled. So I'm like, I felt decent and they didn't tell me that this guy was like, I don't know if he did Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but he, he did like state wrestling. So, we were on the concrete floor and long story short, I, I full blown got slammed. I was lights out for a few seconds Oof. and then I had to go to the next Oof. bay. And I, at that point <laughs> I was just laying on my back, peeing on myself, wanted to be done. <laughs> yeah. So dude, the, the warrior mentality, yeah. the warrior mentality, it, it like, 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 like once you look back on everything, like you see the, the silliness, the, the absurdity, in, 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 in that whole entire indoctrination process. But I look at it more as like, you're being groomed for warriorhood, for warriorship. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I greatly appreciate, and I greatly miss those times where uh, you, where respect was earned through the merits of what you were oh, doing. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I, cause I'm, I, cause I'm here. I'm, you know, but I, I just remember, uh, it was you and I was under your leadership. So you were a team leader at the time. Right. And I remember you took me to Burger King and we listened to Wu Tang and you're like, you're, <laughs> I'm like, who, what kind of music is this? First of all. And second of all, like you bought me lunch. And I thought this whole thing was just a big trap. I'm like, I knew where the, the handle right. of the door was. I was ready to dart if I needed to. And I remember you're like, do you have heart? Right. And I'm like, oh, I, what does that mean, specialist? And you're like, do you have heart? And I'm like, uh, I think so. And you're like, we'll see. And that was the end of the entire conversation. And like, you know, from that point on, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I have to prove to myself and to these guys that, that I have heart. And that, you know, that's always stuck with me. And so it, at the beginning, you know, there is a lot of harassment. But there is a point where it almost like angered you when you saw new people because you could like smell their weakness and you're like, I got to get this out right. of them. They mm. need confidence in themselves. Yep. They need to, yep. they, they need their worst fears to happen. They need to be scuffed up. They need to be slammed against the floor, whatever, and just get it out of the way. And then you'll yep. have that confidence. And uh, that was a, a big thing for me. So, uh, sorry, I'm going a little bit tangent here, but that was that was a no. It's fine. Big yeah, it's, it's great. It's confidence great. booster, I think. But you know that, as far as the terms of the man, of being a man in the, in the series of being a man, 
I was breaking out of that point of being under, you know, I kind of started to be, I don't want to say the man of the house, but since my dad left at 16, 17, that's like a, that's a very important age for a man. You know, nobody, yes, nobody taught is. me how to shave. Yes, it is. Nobody taught me that stuff. So at 16, 17, I had to kind of take over my house and there was t- multiple times I had to confront my dad. And that's very difficult when you're, you don't even know who the heck you are as a man. And so I had to take the charge truth. a little bit. So going to the army, it was now like, okay, do I have, I'm entering in the warrior stage. Do I have what it takes? That's, that's the question that I had. And I think most men have, especially when they're younger is, do I have what it takes? And that's why everybody's so when they're young, you know, quick temper, ready to fight. Cause they're, they're not mad at you. They're trying to prove to themselves. They have what it takes, you know? So for sure. Um, yeah. It, that's good, man. That's really good. It, I'm taking that it's from you. Tough. That's great. It's tough. That's great. But I, I think that's so sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, so break this down for me. Um, as a Christian, and you talked about like a lot of challenges that, that, that you had, but you haven't before, you know, I'll ask this question, but just go into your deployment. You don't have to go like go into the weeds and, you know, pull out the whole, you know, this is what I saw, war was heck, mm-hmm. but just as a Christian, like what were some of the difficult challenges throughout your time that you experienced in the military? Um, and then how are you stronger from it? You just, like you just touched briefly on like, you know, there were times where you, your parents had split and, and you just saw yourself as the man of the house. And then, you know, conversations were well, not conversations, but just confronting your father. Mm-hmm. Um, explain to me some of those challenges as a Christian through your military experience. And then, and then just briefly, how did you become stronger from that experience? Like, like, like how did God shape you after that? Yeah. So hands down, uh, and Garrison was a lot harder for me because I was so young, really? so out of high school. And when Megatron came around, it was real bad, man. Uh, <laughs> simply because, <laughs> yes. you know, looking back, yes. uh, honestly, looking back, it was more affection in a way that he was giving towards me. But since I was so young and didn't understand what was going on, to me, it was like harassment or, you know, whatever the case. So as far as being right. a Christian at that point, I, I didn't cuss, I didn't drink and I was a virgin at that point. So once that stuff came about right. within the unit, it was, I mean, obviously different than everybody else. So it was a challenge once that kind of got brought out because, there was a lot of pressure, you know, and I'm not saying drinking's bad. I, I drink now, but at that point it was, you know, I'm underage, all this stuff. It was just constant, you know, a, a pounding from every different uh, direction spiritually that was really shaking me up. And, you know, all I could dig okay. into was just my, my physical being basically. So, you know, if you're in good shape in the, in the military, I would say 90% of your problems are gone. If you're in good shape, you can handle just about anything else in the military. If you don't do cocaine and you're in good shape, you're probably going to make it pretty well in the military. And, (laughs) you know, at that point, as far as being a Christian, I I remember distinctly one time we were in, I think it was like an end of day formation. 
And Sergeant Myers just started hammering me about being a virgin in front of everybody. And at that point, it was never like I was sensitive about it or I'm like, oh, I just need to go take care of this or whatever the case. But it right. it affected me big time because I, I felt it as like a full on, you know, spiritual attack and all this stuff. And there was one moment when, again, I saw this as like a harassment thing, but it was, it was almost like an, it, it was affection. Like he, he liked me, but I didn't see it at that point. And so he was trying to push me or challenge me in the way he thought he saw fit. But there was one time right. that, um, him and the LT were in the office and they called me in there and he's like, Hey, I called, uh, your head pastor at your old school because I went to a private school and he's like, I called him right. and told him about how bad you're doing in the military, what you've been doing, Good all Lord. this stuff. He's like, and he flips his laptop around and pulled up the guy's like profile picture, basically like on, on the website. And he's like, what, what do you want me to tell him when I call him back and touch base with him on this again and all this other stuff? He's like, I'm going to call him and tell him this. I mean, it was like, it was rough. And the LT was just loving it and thought it was so funny. And I'm like, man, this guy is sick. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty rough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now I would be like, whatever, dude. But when you're that young, you, you're basically having an identity crisis as a man that kind of stuff For shakes sure. you up big time. And so, you know, that was all fine and dandy. And then once that was kind of eliminated and I got moved to scouts, that was probably my saving grace was moving to scouts because um, scouts are so more isolated than other line unit medics. Elitist. And, and it's just, I, I got to prove myself a lot in that area, you know, and I would always make a point, you know, you and I, if we did runs, if there was a company run, we always have our aid bag on yep. and we're always trying yep. to go yep. above and beyond. So I earned respect through them. And because I earned respect through them, I started getting harassed a little bit less and things kind of pulling away. Now on deployment, um, deployment, I, I don't want to say I loved it, but it was, it's what I had been waiting for. Because that's like your ultimate okay. test. You know, I'm going to get shot at. So how am I going to react in that situation? You know, guys could get hurt. Right. How am I going to react? So it was like, here I am. I've been studying all my life. Now it's time for my test. So I was looking forward to deployment. You know, how this is it. You know, how am I going to react? So uh, I enjoyed deployment a lot. And again, I think, you know, because of this, I was with scouts Physically, it was it was very difficult on my body. Um, we were rarely mounted. It was always dismounted. I mean, you know how it is. So it was just, it was a lot more physically, but it still gave you this sense of pride. And, and I know that like most line units would always be like, oh, look, it's the scouts. They think, like I never got that attitude from the guys in our in our scout platoon that we were like, we thought we were better or we thought this or whatever. We just had pride in where we were and, you know, the level that we held ourselves as should any line unit or whatever. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. Um, for sure. For sure. you know, I just, I, I really enjoyed that, that separation 
I think, of knowing that I'm kind of, I'm doing more than most. That's what, what really helped me out. Um, so as far as deployment goes, I, I had a very, you know, a single at the time and no kids. And that, I think guys that are on deployment with kids and family, man, that's, I, I can't imagine that because it's like my kids, it's rough, man. my kids stayed the night at my grand, at my mom's house last night. And I'm like, dude, they, they got to come home, man. Like I need them home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got super smashed to play with my son. I'm like, I'm ready to go. But, um, you know, at that what? point, you got super smashed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who's your character? Ness. Who, who are you rolling with? Ness, hands down. What? Listen. Yep. Listen to me. Mm. I, I'm I'm multifaceted Super Smash. Okay. <laughs> First of all, if I want to test, if I want to test the waters, yeah. Solid Snake. Okay. Just to see, just 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 to see where you're at, right? right. Um, I can go through probably uh, Pikachu. Yeah. And then if I'm upset with you and and and, and I want to drive the point home, it's Mario. Mario, I'm okay. It to you, Mario. Yes. Nice. Yes. I, I like Ness. Um, little Mac, dude. I can't run him down. He's he's pretty nasty sometimes. Boop, 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 boop. It's the height. <laughs> yeah. It's the height. It's the height, bro. It's the height. He gets in there. He, he gets in close he and does damage. Tucks and gives it that nice little uppercut. He gets them rib shots in. He's good to go. And then the other guy, I would say, <laughs> maybe Lucario. I used to be a Fox fan for a while. But uh, oh yeah, I hate it. I hate dudes who run Lucario, yeah. and I hate that guy. I can't stand Lucario. Yeah. Hey man, Sorry. real quick. So I want to go, go back to to, to Myers. Mm-hmm. I know that like all of the the hostility that, that that everybody had for him, but just looking back, like being out, being retired, and just thinking about that guy because I, I still talk to him. Yeah. I still talk to him, you know, like here and there, and uh, we, we have a lot of correspondence together. But um, the people who I who who encountered him and you know have gone and lived their life past him, I've always gone back and just said, "Hey, did you see? Could you see past the content and look at the intent? Yeah, uh, of what he was doing, what he was trying to do." And 95% of the people who I spoke to were like, yeah, I totally, I totally get it. I totally got it. I didn't understand it back then. Um, but I think in, in some small portion, he, he has helped me or, or shaped me or developed me. And I understood what he was trying to do. And I, and I was able to look past the, the content of how he went about doing yeah. it. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. I, I just, I was going to answer that. Before uh, I forget, I, I think 100% without a doubt, I could see what he was trying to do. And overall, right. I would say, yes, uh, it was beneficial to my life. But being completely honest, I probably would have stayed in the military if it wasn't for him. I, I He put a, a, I to, I, 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 he put a bad dude, taste totally in my mouth it. and... Uh, I told I totally get it. Listen, the the so, so uh, all the senior medics, right? Like myself, um, Humphreys. Of, of course, you got Heron. You got I, I want to say Kirby was one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just just dealing with that and being behind rooms and just talking to him and speaking with him. Like one of the things that really upset me the most 
was the whole air assault thing, right? When we had to go to air assault at, at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, dude, we're deploying in four weeks and you want to eat up two weeks of that going to air. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. I was really upset because I was really upset because of that. But but I can see from more of a top down perspective of how he probably got chewed up for that and probably how the battalion had probably come down hard on him mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, listen, you gotta you got you gotta back this this spot. We got X amount of slots open and, and things of that nature. But I totally get it. I really do, man. It was just one of those things where like we he and I have had several talks at length about that we've talked about you know like just the guys yeah and i was one of the guys humphries was one of the guys he, he was very like matter of factly frankly speaking like hey i i'm not afraid of him at all like i i don't fear him at all like at john's all. crazy man. and <laughs> it was more of the conversations yeah oh yeah no yeah no 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 john humphries is, is is a maniac yeah. uh just but just sitting down and like eating dinner at his table you know, day after day after day, like he kind of broke it down for me. And, and he was the one that made it make sense to me. He was the one that kind of opened my eyes. It was like, hey, listen, this is what he's doing. This is what he's trying to do. He's failing in these areas here. He's failing in this area here. But if you look at more of the warrior mentality, the warrior aspect, granted, his ideal um, attributes of what it meant to be a warrior is very, very, very obscure, very niche. And yeah. And 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 not even borderline toxic. You could say that it was kind of toxic. Oh yeah. But <laughs> if if you look at the mindset of what it took to be able to withstand that, it did make you better. Yes, it did make you better. But did it make you like an elite guy? And I, I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that at all because there was zero, you know, molding. There was like the the veil of me just being hard on you. It it, it, it never lowered. Yes. It never, it never lowered. Like there was zero. Like okay, I'm gonna come down from nine, which is like his resting state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he never came down from like a nine, it's like a four. Yeah. And I was like, hey man, you know this what's going on, and you know uh, I think you're a good soldier, and you know just a just a general man to man. You know I I think that you're this, think that you're that. I think that you're great for good, you know good for, good, for these good things, and I, and I want to encourage you to go to here and to think about this, think about that. That never happened. And so for a lot of us, we had to do it on our own. Yeah. And the other cool thing I want to talk to you about, so you talked about doing the run of the eight bags, right? Oh, yeah. Do you remember yep. the dog yep. tag run? Yep. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, so Battlefield just came out. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was uh, the first half of... Uh, our conversation, if you will. Let me go ahead and wrap this thing up in some prayer and then uh, we can get going. Father, friendship, brother and sisterhood is essential. It keeps us sharpened against the daily grind against the, the stone of sin and deficit. Our friendships inspire us to run to you, trust in you, and pray to you. I pray that if you are in need of a friend, there is no greater friend than Jesus. He is ready to listen to you. He's ready to motivate you and lift you up. God, Proverbs 18:24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon come to ruin, but there is a friend who sits closer than a brother. If you're listening and could use that friend in your life right now, God, I know 
you will provide the way if we ask. And I am asking as we are all asking for you, God, to send the Holy Spirit to just be with them, envelop them in your flock, Father. We pray all of these things in your glorious name. Amen. Amen. That was another one in the books. Forgive me, we're at work in progress. I was excited to talk to my friend and his sound, you know, work in progress. I'm a one to two man band at best on any given occasion, so I ask for grace and mercy. Thank you so much for stopping by to the White Rabbit Podcast. I'm your host, Freeman Actual Household Six. And as always, stay sharp and wolf like. Chase the rabbit.